0: Really excited about this series. Uh, It's it's about our mission here at St. Mark. It's about why we do what we do, what our mission is, and how we do it. What we do, the the existence of this church is to introduce Houston families to life-changing love of Jesus. What's important to us for that mission is that we make friends, meet Jesus and make a difference how we do it is actually a matter of how god uses us he connects to us restores his connection with us and works in and through us to connect with other people and then when we engage with his word he gives us gifts and equips us to go out into the world and share those gifts with others Connect, engage, share. I love this pathway, I love this structure. I've been using it in Bible studies, I've been using it with my family, and I'm going to use it as a structure for this sermon. So we're going to start by having a connect activity, and my favorite way to connect is through games. So I'm going to ask Pastor Matt to come up and join me for a game, and we're going to play Family Feud. Matt, do you remember Family Feud? Do you remember how it works? I do. I do. Yeah, so I asked 100 families, 100 Christian adults, why don't you spend time in the Bible with your family or friends more? And they gave me a bunch of answers. I got six answers on the board. You have uh, three strikes and a chance to get all six answers. Okay, right. uh, Cheer him on, definitely. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, Matt, what is your... Fr- yeah, there we go. Yeah, please. Yeah. I got this. Yes. I got this. Okay. All right. So your first guess, Matt. All right. This is, this is why people don't engage with God's word. With each other more. With each other more. Yeah. Other, okay. All right. Um, all right. So uh, I'm going to say uh, because it's not as important as other things. Okay. It's not Problem. as important yeah. as other things. So now, you... three. Yeah. Right, good, good, good. All right, good. Yeah. Not as important as other things, survey says. Mm. Okay, all right. Sorry, no one gave that answer. You got the buzzer and everything. You got huh? the buzzer. Oh, wow, okay, all right. All right, oh, you sorry. got another try, Matt. Okay, all right, all right. Um, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to be straightforward here. I think it's because uh, they think they know better than God. You they think, think they think they know better yeah. than huh. God, yeah. and they're going to admit that? Good, answer. All right. good all right. answer, good answer, good answer. Good answer, good answer. Survey says. Mm. Uh, Oh, Matt, sorry. That's two. Okay. You got one more strike. All right. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, They don't don't want to feel bad about themselves. Like, they they think that maybe connecting with each other or engaging with God is going to make them feel guilty about things in their life, so they don't want to feel bad about themselves. They don't want to feel bad. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. They're worried about feeling bad or wrong if they engage with the bible survey says big money no whammies. Oh. Oh. Am, am i out i'm done you're out you're oh, done oh man i'm sorry it? this is supposed to last last way longer i'm oh, sorry matt. man i i should not have told you to say those three things oh man come on oh. let's oh, give man. matt a, a round of applause well you guys know how this works you've 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 watched family feud before as i put up The answer, you have to shout it out together, okay? So the number one answer, survey says, why families do not spend more time together in the Bible, it's (laughs) not enough time. Somebody all jumped the gun. You knew that one was coming. Not enough time. We live such busy, busy lives. It's hard to block out a time to spend with our family and friends engaging in prayer and engaging with God's word. It's hard. It's almost an impossibility. All right, second thing on the board, survey says (laughs) not enough energy after a long day of work, after hanging out with your kids and getting them ready for bed and and all those different things you got to do in your evening routine. The only thing you really have energy for is sitting in your recliner, drinking a beer and watching The Office for the 15th time. (laughs) At least that's what my wife tells me I have the energy for. We are drained by life. Amen? All right, our number three reason on the board. Lack of knowledge and resources. Lack of knowledge and resources. This is a, a really big reason. Some of us don't want to engage with God's word with our family and friends because we feel like we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know how to do it. We aren't prepared. Next one can't teach or lead maybe won't teach or lead we don't think we've been prepared we don't think we have the skill set we think other people are better prepared to be teachers and we leave it up to them to teach our children to teach our friends and to learn next one i'm good by myself I'm good by myself. A lot of us have a very robust devotional life where we spend time in prayer with God, we spend time in God's Word, and we believe that that's enough. I really don't have the capacity to interact with other human beings and show how to do it also. Right? Okay, and our last one, our last reason... (laughs) <laughs> you guys are really good at that. What are you talking about? I attend church on Sunday. Doesn't that count? What are you talking about? I engage with God's Word by sitting in service once a week, and that's all I need, right? Damn. So a couple of years ago, I found out I had a pretty serious heart issue. And the doctors fixed it. They gave me a new lease on life. It's like I was born again in so many ways. I had a new outlook, a new heart in so many different ways. They fixed it, and I was ready to go. And I went to my cardiologist two weeks ago, and he said, James, I know you've got a new lease on life, but if you want to get the most out of this life, you better start watching what you consume and how you behave. You better start watching the food you eat, and you better join a gym and start exercising. Three weeks' progress. All right, I like it. So the first week, I went once, and I sat and watched everyone else. And learn some things. The first is this, expending energy equals more energy. It may be the end of the day, you may be tired from work, you may be tired from life, but actually getting into the gym and putting some work in means that you're gonna be better prepared for life in general and you're gonna be less tired in general. Amen. This is how time in God's Word Works. We've all got heart issues. Maybe not literal ones like me, but we've all got some serious heart issues. And time in the word is going to prepare you for interactions with other be- people, for the connections you have in life. They're pre- it's going to prepare you to engage with other people. It's going to mean that some of those uh things that happen in your life and people that happen in your life aren't going to drain you as much when you're grounded in the gospel and in God's Word. And this excuse that we don't have time, we don't have energy, well, just like working out, this is actually more miraculous. We have a God who, when he taught people, when he was walking around in the flesh teaching fleshly people, and they were hungry, he gave them literal food. And he didn't go. He took limited resources and miraculously multiplied them and fed thousands of people. Do you not think he can do the same thing in your life when you feast on the bread of life by engaging in his word? He will do the same thing for you. Miraculously. The other thing I noticed going to the gym my first few weeks is there's a lot of people there putting the work in. Some of them are doing it alone. And for me to hit the number of steps a day I'm supposed to hit, I can't just go to the gym. I've got to work working out into my daily routine. I've got to go walk laps around this building between services. I've got to do all kinds of things to hit my step count, to hit my calorie count, all those different things throughout my life by myself. But the people in the gym who are engaged in exercising in groups with other people seem to be happier, (laughs) seem to be more in it, seem to be more energized and vibrant. The people who are taking classes together are meeting other people. They're holding them accountable. They're noticing when you're not there. And then I noticed something else. There's these really strong men and women who obviously have been lifting weights for way longer than me. And they seem to partner up with people who haven't been lifting weights a long time and show them what to do, spot them while they're working out, and make sure they're safe. This is our life as Christians. Matt said it last week. We live with Jesus with others. You may not think you're a teacher. You may not know how to do things. You may not have resources, time, or energy, any of that stuff we talked about. That's why we're in this together. You're going to have to seek out people that can teach you, and you're going to have to seek out people that you can teach. And you're going to have to seek out groups that will hold you accountable to engage with God's Word. The last thing I noticed, once a week is a great start. But every day is exponentially better. It's great to engage with God's Word once a week. Maybe it's just on Sunday mornings for you. That is awesome. God's going to do amazing things with that. But it's exponentially better to engage daily, both individually and in groups whenever you can. you got to have a routine. You got to have a routine for engaging with God's Word. Now, I am not the guy who can give you a routine for engaging your core, obviously. Maybe someday I'll get there. But I am the guy that can give you a nice little routine that you can work into your life to engage with God's Word. And I'm going to give you that right now. This is what I use as a routine a simple workout if you will for engaging with god's word i use this with my kids i use it in bible classes i use it for podcasts and i'm using it right now as a structure within my sermon So a routine you can do no matter what weight you're picking up no matter what passage you're going to in the bible and you can actually apply it to other things in the world that you consume and the first thing you do is you ask this question what does this passage say about humans what does it say about the human condition about me The second thing is, what does it say about how God works? And the most important question, how does it point to Christ? Because that's what it's all about. And then we get our plus one question, our bonus question, the extra rep, the extra lap, which is, how should I respond? So let's start with that first question. We're going to look at what does this passage say about humans? And to do this, we actually need to go back a little further than what we read, because what we read started with a however, which means Paul was talking in response to something, and what he was actually talking in response to was what human beings are like, our old selves, and that heart condition that keeps bubbling up when it shouldn't. So let's read what we are like as human beings. People will be selfish and love money. They will brag, be arrogant, and use abusive language. They will curse their parents, show no gratitude, have no respect for what is holy, and lack normal affection for their families. And you're all thinking about kids these days, aren't you? You might even be thinking about your own kids sometimes. Well, let me just tell you this. Where did they learn that behavior? We pass this on to our kids. And this is what bubbles up in our families. You've probably seen some of these behaviors in your families, especially when you're not spending time in the Word together, when you're not making Christ a priority. These things start to bubble up. Your old self rears its ugly head, and it looks like this. Paul goes on to say they will refuse to make peace with anyone. They will be slanderous, lack self-control, be brutal, have no love for what is good. They will be traitors. They will be reckless and conceited. They will love pleasure rather than God. You're probably thinking about our society right now. This is what it's like in the world we live in. This is what it's like in America. This is who we vote for and put in charge many times. These are the celebrities and YouTubers that we tend to follow and get behind. These are the people in the television shows we watch and what is kind of put up as how things are in America. I don't know about you, but I don't want this for my family. I don't want this for me, but there's an old part of me that does. Then he finally says, they will appear to have a godly life, but they will not let God's power change them. Stay away from such people. Well, there's times you should probably stay away from me then. Even when we engage with God's word in a group, we're sometimes doing it just to appear godly. We just want to impress other people, maybe even impress God. But what we don't actually want is God to change our lives. So what does this passage say about humans? What's it say about me? Well, I fed Matt some answers earlier. He didn't know he was going to be wrong. But he was actually right. Underneath all of those excuses we give for not engaging with God's word individually and together, underneath all those excuses are actually the three answers that Matt gave. The first one is this God's word is not as important as fill in the blank. In my family, God's word is not as important as getting the kids to bed on time so Ryan and I can have some quiet time. I'll be honest. God's word is not as important as the various activities we've signed our kids up for and making sure they get there, because God's word is not as important as Maggie and Andy getting into college, and it's not as important as them getting into the right college, Texas (laughs) A&M, on scholarship. (laughs) These are our priorities and reorient our family life around these things when actually God knows better for us. But we think we know better than God. Even though he says the way to a fruitful life is spending time and resting in his word and his good news, we look towards everything else as what will fix our families and fix our situations i do it all the time and the other reason i avoid going to god's word and i tune out during sermons sometimes is i don't want to hear i am wrong i am afraid of god's law his description of how things should be because when you hold me up to it my family up to it we fail miserably And I might just have to start changing our priorities and what we do, where we spend our money, where we spend our time. And I don't want to do that. But even scarier, when I hear God's good news, that despite me not making the cut, me not doing what I need to do, that he's done it all for me, that I am given a free gift of his righteousness, that he's earned everything for me. You know my response sometimes when I get into God's word, but I wanted to do that. I get upset that I don't have skin in the game, that I didn't earn my own salvation. We avoid God's word because it'll call us out, and it'll also say we're not in charge and we're not saving ourselves. He's done it for us. We avoid both those messages. But it's actually God doing all the work. We have turned God's word and engaging in it from a gift freely given to a work that we do. The truth is, question two, what does this passage say about how God works? Let's look back at it. However, continue in what you have learned and found to be true. You know who your teachers were from infancy. You have known the Holy Scriptures. They have the power to give you wisdom so that you can be saved through faith in Christ Jesus. Every scripture passage is inspired by God. All of them are useful for teaching, pointing out errors, correcting people, and training them for a life that has God's approval. They equip God's servants so that they are completely prepared to do good things. The truth is, We have a gift from God, which is his word. And he's gifted us with the ability to spend time in it. And when we do, it's him accomplishing things. His word has the power, not you. And that's some seriously good news. The other good news is, despite the fact that it's not you doing anything, guess what God decides to do? Use you. He is using you to teach and profess God's Word to others and the next generation. We've all been called to be teachers. The Great Commission includes not only preaching the Gospel, but teaching everything Jesus taught us. And we know that God's Word is for all ages. Timothy heard God's word in his infancy, and it did things to him and in him. And it was doing things through him as he was a missionary. But it started in his infancy. Who do you think shared and taught him about God's word? Those closest to him. And it wasn't just paid teachers, people who make a career of it. It was his family and friends you're called to do the same thing. But if God calls you to do something, he's also going to equip you to do it, and he promises that he's going to equip you through his word. This is why in our connect, engage, and share paradigm, engagement with God's word is at the very center. What are we going to connect people to? Just us? God's Word, to Christ. What are we going to then go and share out into the world? God's Word, Christ. If we're not engaging in God's Word together, when we go out into the community to build beds or whatever it is we're going to do, we're going to still be a little bit off focus, a little bit off target, if we're not spending time in God's Word. And what is the point? What is the target? What is the end goal of all of this? What are we sharing? We are sharing Christ. That's our third question. How does this passage point to Christ? It's all about Him. All Scripture is inspired. Paul says that. Is he talking about the New Testament? Not really at that time, because he's busy writing it at that moment. He's talking about the Old Testament. All of that wisdom literature, all the history, all the stuff in the Old Testament, it all points towards Christ, and that's what the New Testament is definitely about. It's all about Christ. When we're engaging with God's Word, the point is Jesus. Because God's Word gives us wisdom in the truth that through faith in Jesus Christ you are are saved not through anything else and the fact remains you need christ every day you need the bread of life every single day where do you find it in god's word engaging with god's word that brings us to our bonus question How should I respond? Well, it starts small, and it starts in the home. It starts with little baby steps. Just like with working out, if you try to go too hard right off the bat, you're going to get yourself hurt, right? Me trying to run five miles a day, I'll be back in the hospital (laughs) pretty quick. In your family, start to work in moments of engaging with god's word i've given you a routine you can do there are other routines out there too spend just a little bit of time as a family now some of us it's it's easy we've got a family of about four people and and i drive my kids everywhere we're all on the same schedule that's not going to be too bad but some of us have larger households with lots of different commitments it's going to be hard getting everyone together around the word let alone for a meal or something and some of us live alone in a household. And maybe we don't have a lot of connections yet in our neighborhood. We're going to all have to get creative. We're going to have to find some ways to make time. It might involve some seriously hard decisions. But it also can involve some creativity. I'm, I'm going to surprise you a little bit, but we're not the first generation that's had busy lives. In fact, in the Old Testament, I might argue that people worked a little bit harder to survive and had less time both on this earth and in their day. In the Old Testament, it talks about how they were still called to teach their children God's word. And it says, teach it to them as you walk along the road, as you sit for meals, as you live your life. So let's get creative. I'm I'm actually pursuing some fun, creative endeavors right now. Uh, If you're a school family, you already got connections to these things. If you're not, you'll get them this Wednesday. I started a drive time podcast meant for Monday morning as you drive to school or work. It's just five minutes meant for you to connect with the people in your car, engage with God's word and in prayer, and share the gospel with those in your family. Just five minutes on your drive to school. We can do that, right? And then I've also gotten creative and, and created a, a Bible study that's meant for families for dinner time. And if, if you can't sit down at a table with, with your entire family, do it with whoever you can or, or, or Zoom someone in and do this. It's all about spending time with your family, focusing on fun, food, fellowship, and faith. You're already eating. We can add something on top of that. We can get creative, and we can do this. We've got each other's backs. We're going to resource each other. We're going to equip each other, and we're going to do something else here at St. Mark. We're going to make a priority of groups. No one's going to fall through the cracks anymore here at St. Mark. There's already wonderful opportunities at St. Mark to engage with God's Word in a group. Right now, there's a Bible study going on over in the cafeteria with Vicar John, teaching you games that you can use at home to creatively engage with God's Word. There will continue to be Bible studies every Sunday morning, and as some of you step up to be teachers, we'll be able to have more offerings. But we're going to start something else too. We want to get small groups going again. There is a link in your digital bulletin where you can share some information with me and our engaged team so that we can start helping you pair up with other people, connect with them, and engage with God's word together and share the gifts you have with each other. So fill that out. Get me some information. I'm going to play matchmaker. I've been having fun doing that over the past few weeks. We're going to pair people up for coffee. We're going to meet in homes. We're going to meet at restaurants. We're going to meet at bars. We're going to meet here. We're going to meet wherever we can so that we can connect with each other, engage in God's Word, and share God's gifts as a community. Amen? Amen. So do that stuff. That's something you can do in response. But the biggest thing I want you to know is Engaging with God's word is not work. It's not a burden. It's not a drain on your time or your energy or your knowledge or your resources. It's not something that you do alone. It is a gift from God. It's a gift from God that accomplishes things. God is going to use his word to help you connect with other people. He's going to connect with you, make things right, and use you to connect with other people. And in your time engaging in his word, he's going to work on that heart that's in you. He's going to strengthen it. He's going to give you energy and faith that overflows into your life and sees some amazing dividends. And he's going to work in and through you to share the gospel with others despite your lack of time, your lack of energy, your lack of knowledge, your lack of social skills. God is going to do amazing things. Rest in the gospel, rest in his word, rest in God's promise that he is making you new. And he's working in and through you to share his love with others. Amen? Please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for restoring your connection with us, for making it right and perfect, even though we bring nothing to the table except our lack of time, our lack of energy, our lack of knowledge. Thank you for connecting to us and using us to connect to others. We pray that you will use our time engaging with your word to give us your gifts. Help us to see it as a gift and not work. Equip us for the good works that you have set before us and help us to see those opportunities to share your gospel gifts with others. We ask specifically that you bless St. Mark and it's, efforts to grow in faith through you so that we can share Christ with our families, our neighbors, and communities. We ask that you plant numerous small groups in our midst and that your will is done through them. In Christ's name we pray, amen.